Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome, everybody, to the PHNX post-game show. Unfortunately, we get sad music for the second game in a row because the Suns Decided to drop the ball again, this time to the Orlando Magic. Honestly, I don't even know what the score was because I closed down my ESPN box and I didn't want to keep track of it in this one. Gerald, what was the score? 113 to 98. Yeah. See, not worth really keeping track of because, (laughs) oh no, we suck again. Our fourth quarter woes and some other things, but you know. How are you guys handling with the loss? Another day day in the NBA, yo. It's it's a it's another day in the NBA. It just it's yeah. This was this was total unprofessionalism. This was lack of effort. This was lack of awareness. This was not being pros. All that sunk in one. That you know, am am I defining who they are by this one night? No, I never do that. I don't get too high or low on eighty-two game seasons, but. Complete dud. They deserve to get their ass whooped like they did. They play with their food all night and they got their ass whooped. That's it. Period. Are, are you are you willing to admit that, Eric, if you have the image, throw it up now, that the fourth quarter is a problem again? Uh, last game, you, you said it, it wasn't, even though, you know, only score 17 tonight. They go on a complete dry spell again. The, the fourth quarter is, is once again a problem for this team. And it's a lot of the same issues we saw early on stagnant offense turnovers not rebounding uh they wind up uh, just disappearing in terms of energy and effort in the fourth this feels like this is still a problem for the consistently inconsistent suns and we've had a couple win streaks that kind of i think make us feel like things are corrected but i still think there's some of the same fundamental problems we've seen throughout this year with this team I think the biggest problem is that lineup to start second quarters and fourth quarters when Book goes to the bench. It doesn't have rhythm. And this is not to throw KD or Beal under the bus, but that is the snowball that starts these fourth quarters most of the time because those lineups, for whatever reason, are struggling to find flow. They're turning the ball over. They're missing shots. They're not getting stops on the other end. And at that point, the other team has momentum. And by the time Book gets back in the game – like it's already the game's already turned. It's already yep. out of hand. It's already snowballing. And so then book comes in, commits some turnovers. It compounds everything. And look, I, I'm if you think that Devin Booker taking as many shots as he has the last couple of games is the reason why they've lost the games, 
I question your knowledge of basketball. I question whether you have an agenda. I question whether you're even watching the game. But the ball does need to move a little bit more. It does need to not be so stagnant. And I get it with a big three. Sometimes there is going to be a your turn, my turn element to this. But the biggest problem for me is that the Suns beat themselves. Like you could yep. point to the missed free throws. You could point to the turnover, something I brought up in pregame. The magic yep. turned teams over. They did a great job with it the first go around. The second time, it absolutely killed them. Um, and the fact that you took 19 fewer shots and what were they, four for 14 from three? Like you are fighting an uphill battle against math. You're not going to win against a top five defense like that. And the carelessness with the ball just doomed them tonight. That's it. We yeah. we might go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Espo. I was just gonna say when you have more turnovers than you have three pointer attempts, yeah, that's not gonna get it done. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they didn't even get to half of what we said that they should get to. I mean, the last <laughs> two games, or at least the the last two fourth quarters, uh, have been a uh, J Lo, a whole lot of cheeks. All right, this is just not a, a good. A good team the last two fourth quarters, and it's it's frustrating because you're wasting good good to great. I mean, great performances by book offensively, but then you're not doing the little things to take care of business. I, I, I'm I, Espo. I love you, dog. You know I do. I'm I'm still not I'm still not gonna keep pointing at the fourth quarter. I'm just not, and and I tell you why. They didn't lose this game in the fourth quarter. This game was lost way early, way before that. All the turnovers, the missed free throws, the un, the carelessness with the ball. This game should have been over at halftime. If they just play the way they're supposed to play and be pros and don't do what they were doing in that first half, the game will be over. I get it. The numbers continue to say fourth quarter, fourth quarter, fourth quarter. But I, I I tend to believe that in the entirety of the game, a lot of that stuff just compounds itself. And then it just in the fourth quarter, it snowballs. I think we could we could walk away and end the show with just Gerald's description. I mean, I think he nailed it. He nailed everything to a T. Um, it's just one of those things where, you know, you can't – this is the NBA, guys. Like, four fucking three-pointers? You can – 14 threes in the NBA – in this era – are y'all kidding me, man? Like, I might as well just flatten all four of my tires and, call, you know, I'm not getting to work, guys. Like, it's that simple. Like, four flat tires. You're not fucking winning in the NBA taking 14 three-pointers. That's just it. You're not winning in the NBA having more turnovers in three-point attempts. And you're not winning in the NBA when you miss damn near 10 free throws. And so, yeah, it's just one of them nights. I, I know this team is not what we saw tonight. I know it. I know it emphatically. Y'all could come at me if y'all want in the chat. That's not who the Phoenix Suns are. And I know the next question is, well, why they play like that? Well, why the hell do we have bad days at work as human beings? Some days are productive. Some days aren't. Today was a shit show. And so, yeah, that's. I mean, that, that was just atrocious basketball from jump ball. I didn't like anything about it. And they pay for it, and good. I, they deserve to get their ass whooped. That Orlando Magic team has professionals over there, young professionals that give a damn. So if you're going to come out and just give the ball away the way they were, they deserve to get their ass whooped. They didn't, they didn't deserve to win tonight. If they'd have won tonight, I wouldn't have been happy on this show. It's bullshit. Like, Look, they got to be didn't, They didn't deserve to win, and their problems in the first three quarters kept Orlando in it. But the yeah. fact that they went almost eight minutes without scoring in the fourth quarter – allowed them to kick the door open and, and win this game. If the Suns just play average in the fourth, this is a close game down to the wire. 
they didn't even do that. They disappeared completely in the fourth quarter. And it's a fundamental issue if you if your entire offense can't find a damn bucket for eight minutes. That fourth quarter uh, is what lost you the game, but you let them stay in the game when you had a chance to put your foot on their neck by turning it over and not shooting. Through. I, I think what Gerald said nails it, though. Like, I, I saw it immediately when it happened. Third quarter ends, book goes to the bench, doesn't come back to the eight-minute mark. Those four minutes are a shit show. They're a shit show. So is it talent? No, it's not talent. We got the fucking talent to win games in the fourth quarter. They're just not, for whatever reason, the way that they're going about it is more of the problem. So is that fixable? Yes. You, you, they're going to have to make an adjustment. They're going to have to figure something out. But you can't go five. And, and they brought book in early. Like, he doesn't come in at the eight-minute mark of the fourth quarter, typically. I think he came back at the 8.30 mark, and that's because he, he came in immediately after a bad real turnover. And it's like, all right, chill out. Get back in there. So that, to me, is the more fundamental thing. We want to talk about the fourth quarters. Let's talk about how they're managing the fourth quarters as opposed to just thinking this team can't score in the fourth. Because I know they can. We just saw them do it multiple times in big fourth-quarter comebacks. I know they can. It's just a fundamental thing that I think needs to get taken care of strategically and from the coaching staff, you got to do a better job. But I'm not going to sit here and say Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Brad Beal, and the Phoenix Suns are just terrible. They just can't score in the fourth quarter. I, I don't believe that. I, again, Espo, I'm not going at you. I'm just saying I don't believe that uh, there's like a fourth quarter thing. I, the numbers say that, but I think it's fixable. I, I'm not saying they can't score in the fourth quarter. We've seen it. We know that they can but they fall back to the same fundamental issues mm -hmm. to Gerald's point, uh, very much so rotation wise, but also they start back into that ISO ball. The ball doesn't move the fourth quarters. We've seen them be successful in is when that ball moves, when, uh, when they're, they're running and gunning those kind of things, not when it devolves into what it devolved into today. And I'm sorry, you look at it. There is definitely a pattern with what happens in a lot of these first quarters where they blame a game. It's not a, it's not a case of they can't do it. It's a case of they lean into these bad habits from time to time that prevent them from efficiently doing it. Gerald, am I off base with that or? No, I, I, I think, I think you're both kind of right in a way. I, I feel like they were kind of playing with their food for most of the night with, especially in regards to the turnovers and the shot discrepancy like you can't take basically 20 fewer shots than your opponent in the nba unless you are shooting the lights out from three and expect to win and they didn't shoot the lights out from three and so finally that tide turned in the fourth quarter and on the road against a young magic team with a fan base that's you know excited to see kevin durant devin booker bradley beal in town like yeah when booker's going off for 40 everything's great for the suns but as soon as that well runs dry like you need buckets when he goes to the bench, you need efficient offense. You need to run some offense. <laughs> like it feels like this is the type of game and last game as well that exacerbates their need for a backup point guard, which is what we've been saying for a long time. The Suns don't need a starting caliber point guard. They're not going to find one on the trade market anyway, but they do still very much need a backup floor general to keep things organized for that particular lineup because as of right now, a lineup with Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal should be perfectly fine in the scoring department. It's putting those guys in positions to succeed that has been a struggle and finding the right guys to go around them that's been a problem. And, and you know, look, not having Nurkic 
was part mm-hmm. of that tonight, I think. I thought Eubanks was okay in the first half, and then it just kind of fell apart in the second. But, like, you really need to figure out what three players can we put around Beal and KD to start these fourth quarters so we don't open the door every single time. Because in the NBA, if you open that door for a playoff-caliber team like Orlando at home, they're going to take it. They're going to open the door, and you're going to have to rely on the guy who had 40 through three quarters to continue – shouldering this herculean load which just isn't it's yeah. not feasible and it's not how you're going to win basketball games i i i talked about it in the pacer game i i thought when nurk left the court and was ruled out the game shifted mm-hmm. uh tonight we miss nurk we're owing four in games that nurk don't play mm-hmm. right and so that's a big thing brad beal came out and hit his first three shots went one for ten the rest of the way you know, you can point to a plethora of things that to me are, uh, you know, they're more of an aberration. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, Brad Beal is just too good for me to think that Brad Beal is going to struggle that much. The guy's got a broken nose and he was fidgeting with that mask all day. Do I wear it? Do I not wear it? Do I go under the headband? Do I put the headband on top of it? Like, I don't know what the hell he was doing. Matter of fact, on on two separate occasions, I was pissed off because he was playing with the, with the, with the face mask and his defender cut right by him twice during the game because he's too worried about the face mask. There was another possession where the guy falls and Brad helps the defender up and that defender helps them get an offensive rebound. Did you see that, G? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, So this is why I choose to just this is one of those games that you literally, this is the epitome of flush that down a toilet, get on a plane, get some sleep, and get your ass ready for Miami tomorrow because there's not much you can take from this game that was positive. It was just weird all night, man. Um, but, I, again, I get why people are mad. I get the, it. The problem is if they flushed so many games, at some point the, the plumbing is going to get clogged. We're going to have a problem because we keep saying, well, just flush that one. And we've done it a lot this season. And I get that they've yeah. been better as of late, but I'm a guy that if I see a pa- – you love you love the – if it walks like a duck and it talks yeah. like a duck, don't tell me it's a dinosaur. Well, ducks don't talk. They quack. <laughs> you know what I mean. I don't care if it quacks. I don't care if it squeaks. Whatever, yeah. the, whatever you want to say, at some point, it is what it is. And, I, and I'm just seeing it too much and i think gerald you're right on maybe that a backup point guard can fix that in that time where book isn't on the floor with beal and kd out there trying to operate maybe that helps and then you get off to a faster start in the fourth quarter which doesn't allow it to turn into what we've seen that might be it so yeah that's part of it and i think part of it too is the fact that they need to shift their mentality because it does feel like a little bit of a mental block at this point when it comes to fourth quarters. Um, I'm not going to talk about body language, but you can tell, and and this happens for a lot of teams in the NBA, but you can tell when they're not making shots or when they're turning the ball over, it affects their defense. It affects their effort level on that end a little bit, making second effort plays on the defensive side of the ball. And that's what you have to do in fourth quarters because that is when teams are going to bring their most effort when they're going to crash the offensive glass when they're going to turn your turnovers into easy buckets and it feels like a lot of the time they get a little dejected or down on themselves when they miss shots because they've seen this so many times and it's like why are why is this happening again they've got to find a way to push through that and get 
defensive stops and focus more on that end of the floor and let that fuel their offense because it feels like they put way too much pressure on we need to score. We need to figure out what we're doing offensively, and it has the reverse effect that they need to be looking for. Yeah, and, and to your point, G, when, what I noticed from this team is when they start to have these turnovers, these ridiculous turnovers, these are like elementary turnovers. When they have those, it becomes a snowball effect, and they can't stop doing it. Like it gets in there, like it's not one turnover. It's like two, three, four, five in a row. Like it just gets crazy and it affects their defense. It gets in their mentors and it it, it it completely takes them out of what they're doing fundamentally on both ends. So, um, yeah, I mean, these guys, what I'm mad about is that the guys that were responsible for these turnovers tonight, Kevin Durant, Brad Beal, Devin Booker, 15 of them out of the 23, between the three of them, okay? These are some of the most experienced players on planet Earth. You know that they're not, this is not how they they play basketball. You know that that's not in their DNA. They, they know better. And when you get that many turnovers from your three guys, you're in for a long night. It, it just didn't, I tweeted at halftime, this should be a blowout. If they weren't careless, they were more aware, more focused. And I thought they would come out in the second half and kind of nip that in the butt. They didn't. They didn't. And they got their ass whooped. Um, but yeah, but the most yeah. frustrating part about that flex is that it mm -hmm. is those big three who are the culprit more often than not. So at some point in time, is that who they are in this moment within their career? I'm not saying always have been and always will be, but in this moment, this snapshot, this season, is that who the big three is? Because we've seen it so many times this season. And and I get your point of saying, like, that's not who they are in the sense of that's not who they have shown that they can be and who they should be. But is yeah. it kind of who they are if we see it happen night in and night out? Sure, we have weeks, couple stretches here and there where it doesn't really affect us at all or we're able to overcome it. But then we revert right back to it. Like at some point in time, you have to look at these things as either their habits now that they've picked up or it is what it is based on who's around them and the way that they're playing and the system they're playing within. That is part of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I, I wouldn't say it's they're who this is who they are at this point of their career. I would say this is who they are at this point in this season. And there's just been so many things going on that there's just a lot of continuity issues. And I still think that, I mean, how many games are we into the big three? I don't, are we at 12, 13 games of the big three? But it's not uh, even just the big three. It's, it's not the big three together. It's the big three each. Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal. Regardless of who's playing in the game, we've seen issues with turnovers from each of them. Yeah, I mean, not they, only they, when the big three play, even yeah. when it's just two of the big three or one of them or whatever. Yeah, I mean, they, listen, I've seen way too many games where one of them, two of them, or even three of them at the same time, like tonight, um, have had struggled with the turnover stuff. And I remember when Chris got here in 2021 and we started off a little slow. There was that, uh, you know, and Gerald, you you might you were in the arena for all this. There was those my bad moments where Chris was constantly putting his hand up. My bad, my bad, my bad, you know? And it got to a point where it's like, all right, we got to chill with the my bads and just fix this shit. 
Is this some of that? Yes. Is this some of, you know, got to look in the mirror and say, all right, man, like we, we just can't like Kevin, you can't have seven turnover games. Devin, you can't either. And Brad, you can't either. Like, I think there's still, uh, I, I think they're at a phase still in, in learning each other. And I, I don't think they're at the moment yet where they figured out that part of it, as far as in, you know, between each other, their personalities, how to, how to figure these things, these things out behind the scenes and that takes some time. But yeah, I mean, who, who talks to Kevin tonight? Like who knocks on Kevin's hotel hotel room door and say, Kevin, man, you were shitty tonight. Seven turnovers. Who does that? So that's what I, this is the, this is the problem with having a big three. It's a gift and a curse. They're going to bring you so many good things, but when they do things bad, who holds them accountable? Is it Frank? It should be the coaching staff. Right. Well, that's you know, what's yeah. the point in having a coaching staff if they're not a, willing to walk up to a guy like Devin, Kevin, I don't care if Brad Beal, whoever the hell it is, mm-hmm. any guy up and down the roster and point blank say, you weren't good enough tonight. Here was the issues. This is what we're going to need to fix before tomorrow as we look at this. And these are the issues we continually have in the fourth. Like that's what a coaching staff is there for. And it's to put the system and the game plan in place that is tailored to the specific opponent and you somebody in the chat forgive me i don't remember who it was uh said they played right into the strengths of of orlando's defense in a lot of this game and made a lot of decisions that played right into what orlando does best so is that on the big three is that on the coaches because they put them in a, a you know in a position that the game plan wasn't the right one is it all of the above? I think there's a, a lot of things. I don't think it's just one thing that you go, that was yeah. the reason. That's the 100% reason why this happened. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's a combination of factors. I think with the turnover thing, like, I, I obviously, the more games the big three share the court together, the less you expect those turnovers to be because they have other gravity hubs. Like, if it's just Kevin Durant out there or just Devin Booker, yeah, it's a lot easier to double team those guys because yeah. Beal and Durant aren't on the court to take that pressure off. That's why tonight's game was so disappointing because you had all three of those guys out there. Kevin Durant turns it over seven times. We've seen him have games throughout the season where he's had six, seven turnovers, but he's still kind of hovering around his career average of like three, three and a half. So you, as a superstar in this league, it's going to happen. Like it happens to book KD, Luca, James Harden, all these guys that are high usage superstars that handle the ball a lot. There are going to be games where you have a lot of turnovers. My issue with this particular game is a lot of those turnovers were unforced, like inbounds passes where Markel Fultz is lurking right under the basket. You can't have those, especially against a team like that that's already good at that. Because like you guys said, that is playing into their hands. That's giving them easy steals and turnovers when they haven't even earned it. Like they, they're a good defense on their own. They're going to be able to force that stuff on their own. Don't give them the ball. And there were too many turnovers tonight. They were just kind of careless or throwing the pass too high. They were clearly bothered by Orlando's length. Like it, it was just kind of a shit show all around in that regard. And so that's the concerning part for me is, yeah, sometimes you're going to have a night where Devin Booker has six turnovers or where Kevin Durant has six you don't want them to all be on the same night where you got seven, four, and four. And on right. top of that, you got other guys throwing the ball away too. That's when you're really in trouble. And that's exactly what happened tonight. That's how we started the fourth quarter, G. Like, mm-hmm. like we started the fourth quarter on an inbounds and gave it to somebody mm-hmm. for a layup. That's how we started it. So, 
yeah, again, I, I'm not putting lipstick on a pig here. This was a shit show. Um, yeah, but- look, I just I can't take this team going from Brad Pitt in the first three quarters to sloth from Goonies. But they the weren't hit. Here's the thing, though. This is where I disagree with you, Espo. They were never Brad Pitt tonight. Okay, never. Offensively, offensively, they were. They were shooting above 60%. Uh, so, like, offensively, they were. Okay, turnover, no. But offensively, yeah. they were. And then the fourth quarter, they go eight minutes without scoring. Like, that's yeah. – I, I get this is still fundamentally at its core a good team based on what they're built around. But But – there are some very ugly things at times about this team. And I think yeah. it's okay to acknowledge both, which is, which is what we're trying yeah. to do here. Yeah, yeah 100%. No, it and it wasn't just like turnovers either. I mean, yeah. Gerald, you pointed it out. They missed nine free throws tonight. Let's look at the numbers because they're they're bad like, and there's yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> let's go ahead. Let's do that. Let's look at the numbers presented <laughs> by Desert Financial Credit Union, Arizona's number one credit union, named by Forbes. I mean, look at that. You can't. 19 more shots for the Magic, 13 more turnovers for the Suns, 23 turnovers. Their turnovers were old enough to drink alcohol in the United States tonight. <laughs> they missed nine free throws, which that alone puts you back within striking distance of the game. And they got outscored 31 to 13 in the fourth quarter. Like mathematically, you're just not going to win many games when you get outshot by 19 from the field, commit 13 more turnovers, and miss nine free throws. Like that's terrible. Those numbers, those numbers are hard to even believe, bro. In the NBA basketball, like an NBA team who's got Kevin Durant, Brad Beal, and Devin Booker shot fifty percent from the free throw line today. Yeah. Like, just let that sink in, right? So, I mean, you shot fifty percent from the free throw line. Like you said, the turnovers were older, old, more old enough to drink tonight. Twenty three. Um, it's it's just, and then again, I I can't, I can't, I'd be remiss if we. Don't talk about the threes. Yeah, like, you can't do that. In what world are we shooting 14 threes, <laughs> yo? Like, mm-hmm. I, and then what were, I mean, Grayson Allen takes three shots. Like, this, I mean, there's nothing about this game. And I know we've had bad games this year, and there's nothing about this team that tells me we're the best team in the league. We'll win a championship market. Like, we, we're working on ourselves right now. This is a work in progress team that has a lot of potential. But I mean, wow, man, this is this is just one of those games that nothing made sense. And so it didn't make sense to believe that we can win this basketball game when you start to see these numbers play out. It's like, no, the math is going to do the math and you're going to get your ass smoked eventually. And yeah, that's how it played out. Yeah, the Suns were 4-14 from deep tonight. The Magic were 12 of 36 from deep tonight. Like the Magic aren't a good three-point shooting team. The sun should have been like we joked about it in the pregame show. What's more than two, three? So <laughs> we took four. We had we made four of them. Was that, was that, that enough? Was yo, that yo, four extra points enough? Yo, Lynn. No, I've seen games where Luca alone and Steph take fourteen by themselves. We took fourteen as a damn team. Like that's nineteen ninety two. Type numbers like I think we averaged as a team the year we went to the finals in 92 we averaged like 13 threes as a team per game. Like, yeah, but what that the was fuck? a lot back then. That was, <laughs> and and that's what I'm saying. Like, I was in a time machine tonight. I'm like, yo, are we fucking in 1992. Like, what are we doing? I, I know Mallory in the chat said, uh, Steph shot 22 threes yesterday, there we or, go, or that, 20 last night, whatever thank, it might be. Thank you, Molly. 
and like, and you Mallory. know you look at you look at what Orlando did. They shot their normal percentage. They they shot like 33, 34%, which is right where they usually are, last in the league. So if you just shot normal the way the sun shoot from three, it's a different game as well. Yeah. yeah. It's just like a super frustrating and disheartening game because they had put together such a good stretch. And like, again, the same as Friday night, it's a disappointment when you kind of let a 40-piece go to waste. You know what I mean? That's six consecutive games for the Suns uh, with a 40-plus performance by a Suns player. And then the second straight one that we've lost. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just really bummed. Like, I, I think going from a really long win streak to two L's in a row that were basically at their own hands is super frustrating. That's the worst part about this is that you can look at these games and point out, like, the Suns did that, the Suns did that, and it hurt them both times. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't even like, I mean, yes, the Pacers are a good team and Orlando is no scrub either. Like we know that, but a lot of times when the, since the big three has been healthy, right. And we lose a game. A lot of it is, is self-inflicted. And that's the worst part. That's the hardest pill to swallow with all of this, because you're not even letting them beat, beat you. You're beating yourself here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They beat themselves tonight, Lynn. Yeah. Can, I don't know. Can we, <clears throat> I don't want to say this because I know I'm going to get jumped on, but uh, if you even even if you look at that three game or the seven game win streak, uh -oh. three of those games you came <clears throat> back from being down 16 points or more, right? Okay. There were so that even that streak there were some significantly rough moments in games that that took Herculean efforts to overcome. Uh, as well, so I yeah. do, I still think this team has has flaws that they have to figure out how to how to address internally or externally. At this point, of, of course they do. I listen. I in no way, shape, or form. This is where I live, and some people may not like the way I view basketball seasons, but I don't. I I do not live on a day to day, game by game basis when I'm involved in a basketball season. I don't. I don't get too high with a loss. Don't get too high with a win. You know, I don't live and die with wins and losses. It's an 82-game season. These things tend to balance out. Seven-game win streak was cool. Now we're on a two-game losing streak. But you can kind of do that to everything, Espo. If you, you can go to every team who's won eight games in a row and pick games that they probably should have lost if they came back. And I get that it was a little bit dramatic with the 20-point losses, but you can do that with anything. You can pick injuries. You can say, well, they didn't have this guy that night. Or, and we tend to do that a lot. We tend to do that a lot. We tend to look at what the Suns do well and find something to counter it. Oh, the Suns played well, but they didn't have Kyrie. Oh, the Suns played well, but this team didn't have Halliburton. Oh, the Suns played well, but they didn't have this. Oh, they won the game, but they had to come back. Like, so that I don't get it. I don't do that because if you're going to do that, you got to do that for everybody. And I'm not, I don't have the time of day to go and break down every team and, and how they're doing things. What matters is wins and losses. And they got beat tonight. And this is a team that's a work in progress. There's no one, there's no one on planet earth that I think thinks this team is a finished product. We got a trade deadline just right down the road. They're trying to make a trade because they know they're not a finished product. And again, there's still a lot of reps to be uh, caught up on with these key players. And so, um, yeah, I mean, today was tough. The pace of game was tough, but 
I can easily see them coming in tomorrow, winning tomorrow, and and running this road trip, you know. And then and then we're back to oh, the Suns won four in a row, but they didn't play t- many good teams. And I'm not saying you're doing that, Espo. I'm saying this is what happens. Like if they beat Miami and Washington and uh, whoever else is on the docket, I I can't remember them all. But the they, they, yeah, the Nets, right? You know, if they come out of the rest of this road trip and win the next, you know, sweep the rest of the road trip. Um, I think they salvaged this road trip. You know, he started off good in Dallas, and these last two have been bummers. Well, you know, it's not a bomb. Desert what? Financial Credit Union. Desert Financial Credit Union is the bomb, and they have been for more than 84 years. They have been Arizona's largest, most trusted local credit union, and right now they want to hook you up. When you open a free checking account online, you're going to get $200 in bonuses you can get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200 don't leave money on the table you guys gerald you got a wedding coming up right i do uh i don't know if that was public knowledge so i, I apologize no it was so it was i'll <laughs> give out the address next of where it is probably, <laughs> I, I mean you're gonna have a bar there right this isn't a dry wedding right no there will be a bar Uh, I hope I'm drinking for free, but that's not what this is about. Uh, Have you considered having some Four Peaks at said bar? I actually have, yes. Okay, I hope you don't have cans that uh, expired in uh, August of 22. Uh, I hope you have some fresh stuff, but I I think you got to consider it because this is some of the best beer the Valley has to offer. I love Four Peaks. Kilt Lifter here, one of my favorites. I love uh, me some kilt lifter and they have a new beer gerald that you got to consider for your wedding because it's top okay. notch it's the bad birdie uh juicy golden ale all right and it's a collab with uh four peaks and bad birdie it's super drinkable which i think all their beers are super drinkable i can't imagine you make a beer that was non-drinkable but we'll leave it at that and perfect companion if you're playing golf or you're at a wedding so make sure to pick some of that up, visit fourpeaks.com slash locator to find all your favorite beers and events. Check out at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub on social to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 or older. And please drink responsibly unless you're at Gerald's wedding and then just be sloppy drunk. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Um, I, I know, uh, Flex, you had mentioned Bradley Beal in tonight's game. I don't really put a lot of, of the blame at the feet no. of Bradley Beal for this no. one. I know he was dealing with that mass situation literally the entire game. You could see, I mean, yeah, he started out real hot, hit his first three shots, and then completely went cold after that. But I think a lot of it had to do um, with the mask issue because he was fiddling mm-hmm. with it all night. He took it off. He put it back on. He took it off again. He kept it off. Like I feel like that was an issue, and I'm concerned – I know he gets one tomorrow that is more custom to his face, which will hopefully help. But I still think with the way, if it looks anything like the mask that he had on today, I still think there's going to be kind of a uh, learning curve with having yeah. to play with that mask on for him. It's hard. I mean, I I've, I've, I told you I broke my nose playing basketball. I had to have surgery. It's hard. It, it changes. It's just weird. It's all meant to. So I'm not blaming Brad. No, no, no way. No, no. I'm not saying yeah. you were. I'm just saying. No. I'm- yeah, no, I get it. Uh, Brad had a tough night tonight. Like I say, he came out and hit the first three, and then he just couldn't get a bucket. He couldn't get comfortable. He was fidgeting all night. 
and that gets in your head. And um, I give him credit for at least toughing it out and trying to be out there to help the team. You know what I mean? But once again, it leads to why I think this game is more of an aberration than anything. You got a Brad Beal that's not comfortable. Prob- I don't know how he's breathing, but I also could imagine, you know, that he still could have some issues with with breathing with that uh, with that broken nose. And so uh, it just leads to it, it just compounds everything. And and that's why I think tonight was just a terrible night across the board. But good for him for trying to tough it out. I, I, I don't know how they I, can I ask y'all this. Like I, I was worried when he took it off, when he came back into play and he took it off. I there's a part of me that felt that was a little irresponsible from like if that guy gets hit again in that nose and that spot, that's dangerous. Like mm-hmm. that can I mean, lead to a lot of broken. Other yeah, but it could get more broken, <laughs> and and it could get more. You know, you know, you can you can start messing with other stuff. So yeah, when he took it off, I I almost felt like yo, just take this dude out the game. Like but he's not the, comfortable, get him out. The reason you can't do that is you can't, you don't have a bench. Who who you trusting to come in? And if Brad's saying he wants to play, I get yeah. that. The coaching, it, it's on the coaching staff to say, no, you're, you're putting yourself in danger. Uh, but I also understand the, the standpoint, who am I putting in instead of Brad in this situation? Yeah. Because I got Jordan Goodwin, I got KBD, I got Yuta Wananabe. Do I, do I want any of these guys coming in the game? And that's a fundamental problem on the roster that we yeah. talk about. Is yeah. like, okay, well, who am I turning to? And that's not an excuse to not take a guy out if there's a health concern, but I guarantee it's part of the thought process that they're going through. Yeah, and I, and I don't think it's a problem that'll be fixed anytime soon, both in terms of roster construction or in terms of Beal's comfort, because I think most guys typically take, you know, one to three games to kind of get acclimated to it. And, you know, he's going to be wearing a different mask once he gets that custom mask. So there's kind of a different experience of, what this mask feels like and what my comfort level is playing with this mask. Like, obviously he wasn't afraid for a guy who went out yeah. there and played without the mask on his face, but it does change your mentals a little bit in terms of your driving or um, being more aggressive and attacking the basket, that sort of thing. And it is something to get used to when you're shooting. Like we, we talked about how the Suns went four of 14 from three and Bradley Beal was one of 10 after the three for three start. He was zero for five from three. That's a huge mm-hmm. part of it. Cause Quite a few of those were pretty wide good open, yeah. and and those are shots that he's been making at a pretty high clip for most of this season. So, uh, except for the last two games, and that's the biggest adjustment I think as a shooter playing with that mask. So, hopefully, you know, after the Miami game, he'll be able to have this new mask, get used to it, and start looking more like the Brad Bill we're used to seeing. Yeah, because, I mean, even when Josh Okogie was wearing his mask earlier in the season, it had already been a while that he had it on, and he was still talking about how it was affecting kind of his court vision out there, being able to literally not see everything (laughs) that he is used to being able to see when he's out there. And uh, someone in the chat brought it up, too. Marvin said, plus the refs not calling fouls. It was a pretty physical game at times in this one, um, especially for guys like Devin Booker. I know we were all... It's easy to get mad about the refs and the officiating when you lose. Um, but there were a couple of times tonight where I think everyone collectively on Suns Twitter was like, WTF, can we get a foul call? Yeah. Please. And did, y'all, yeah. did y'all see the interaction at the free throw line with Devin? When he Which was one? chirping at 
he was chirping at Mark Davis and he literally told him, he was like, man, I, y'all can't do this all year. Like I got hit in the head three times. He literally, yeah. you can, you can go back and watch it. Lily walked up to Mark Davis and was like, Hey man, y'all can't do this all year. I literally got hit three times in the head with no whistle. And then Paulo Banchero started chirping and him and book went back and forth at the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another part that, you know, this team tends to let the refs get in their heads and it's a, it's a, and the entire team does it. Once, once it, snow, it starts to snowball, they're all, they all start complaining about calls. I saw, I, char- I charted two of them today where they complained about calls and didn't get back on defense. And so that's a, that's an ongoing issue that needs to get taken care of. I got to say, again, I think the officiating was atrocious. There were so many times that I thought the Suns got fouled on and ones and things that weren't called. But it is what it is. What you going to do? Like, you got to play well, through that. So, book, I mean, Frank Vogel could get a fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> book needs to stay within himself, though, because there was that play where he doesn't get the call and he turns around and he gets the take fail immediately, which was yeah. just a frustration hack at a guy move yeah. and and those kind of things uh, you know help lead to that unraveling too uh, you know is in part because if if you let it get in your head too much and the, the whole team did it but you wind up just starting to unravel on nerve and and you can't do that because yeah. let's be honest this is more what how the playoffs are called than uh, than not they let physicality happen more in the playoffs uh, than they do in the regular season. So you're going to, you're going to notice that, you know, that's going to happen and you got to be prepared for it. And you got to be prepared for bad calls to happen, especially when you're on the road. So that's another thing. Little things add up. And and that's one of those little things. I agree. Yeah, The the, the take foul was bad and ill-timed. I honestly didn't think that issue in terms of arguing that the reps are letting it affect their play was as prominent tonight, especially because, like this is not the reason why the Suns lost the game, and even if they right. had gotten the foul calls, they shot fifty-seven percent from the line, so you can't right. be too right. too upset right. about it. But right. I, I do think like there were a couple of plays that I was incredulous watching at home that book didn't get a foul. There was the one left-hand layup that he hit over Fultz, and I think it was Carter coming over from the weak side where yeah. he got whacked in the arm, fell yeah. flat on his face, like or on his back immediately. Um, it was just kind of like sitting up, smiling, like really that's nothing and then there was the pull up three he took in transition where he had to alter his shot and lands you know split his legs when he landed because the guy's foot was right underneath where he was going to land and then he stepped on his foot while the shot was the ball was still in the air like those are those are plays that are dangerous they should be called fouls and if you don't call those as fouls then that sends the message that okay well we can rough these guys up because that's our best avenue to stopping them. Like the Magic are already a good enough defensive team. If you give them yeah. that opening as well, that makes it really tough. So I, 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 in this instance, I got Book's frustration. The take foul was still a really poorly timed foul because everything was falling apart at that point. Yeah. And yeah. like you said, I suppose it's those little things that add up. Um, but tonight, I didn't feel like tonight was one of those nights where they let the officiating, like yeah. griping about calls unravel them i think there was the that afro, play too go ahead go ahead Espo. i was just to say the afro buzz show brings up uh some of these some of these they, it brings up a good point that uh against indy uh committed no fouls in the fourth allegedly tonight orlando committed one and it came yeah. with three six left in the game i mean yeah that, no, that, that is yeah. odd. 
The math yeah. ain't nothing. That ain't that ain't adding up. And these teams are being really physical with the Suns in both games. Uh, there was that play right before the half, Gerald, where Book got the layup to end the half. He was fouled mm-hmm. on that one too. I mm-hmm. slowed it down and rewinded, and I'm like, that's a foul. You know, um, and yeah, the take foul again, that was frustration. We actually it didn't affect the game actually, because he missed a free throw on the take foul. But uh, I get the point. If he it's just bad timing of it. But uh I, but yeah, this is this yeah. is kind of the the shitty thing too is that and it's not this is again this is not the reason why the suns lost the game this is kind of an aside but it sucks that it has to be on frank vogel to go into his post conference raise a storm get fined yeah for the nba to overcorrect the next time the suns take the court and we've seen it with so many coaches this year last year we you know there was like the one time where monty went off got fined in the next game or two the suns got a really generous whistle yeah. You shouldn't have to do that. Like we need to fix the root of the problem, which is just bad officiating. And the fact that you have to bitch and moan in your post-game press conference and pay a fine in order for the NBA to notice it. And mm-hmm. like, I know they do the last two minutes report and they're trying to be accountable and all this shit, but like we, there's just way too much that goes on behind the scenes. And anytime a player or, or a head coach criticizes the officials, they what get fined to hell. But there's no there's no accountability on the ref side, and I know they get yelled at, and it's a hard job and all this stuff. But like, it just feels like the NBA is dancing around the main problem, which is that their officials need to be trained better to handle the game at its modern peak. Like that's can it. can can we can I can I t- piggyback on that? Because I I'm gonna be honest, guys. First of all, I think they need better training. But the 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 part that no one wants to talk about is personal bias like personal feelings like these refs i'm telling you i (laughs) there are referees that have personal vendettas against certain players and 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 call the games differently versus certain players and it's a snowball effect throughout the season these guys talk to each other so yeah i mean there's so many times where you can just look at who's refing the game before the game starts how many times have we done that, guys? How many times have we looked at who's ref in this game? I mean, it's mostly, it was mostly the Chris Paul era. That was the most egregious of them. Yeah, all. but I mean, you know, Mark Davis. Whenever Mark Davis refs, we know the Suns ain't getting calls. You know, uh, Natalie, whatever her name is. You know, okay. we've, we're like one in five when she refs game. Like, so you can't tell me that there's – I've seen it with my own eyes as a coach as a, and as a player – going into different gyms and certain refs just, you know, they have personal issues and they ref these games these way, this, these way, uh, th- that way. And if people don't believe that happens, you're in a fantasy land. Like there are, they're supposed to be professionals, but it goes beyond that when you're refing this many games and these many players and a player is constantly chirping at you and you have the ability to just sit there and say, well, you want to chirp at me? Okay, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep this whistle right here. I'm not blowing. So yeah, that happens. And this is why I get mad when the Suns start doing all this talking. Cause I've always been in the belief the more you chirp at a ref, the less you're gonna get the calls, guys. Like these guys are human beings. They have feelings just like you. You pissed them off, you're not getting a call. And if you pissed them off throughout the NBA season and they ref 20 of your games, you're probably gonna go into 20 games where you're not gonna get favorable calls. Well, and but so- that's on the Suns then. I mean, honestly. 
everybody deals with these shitty refs because they ref all these games. This is an NBA wide yeah. problem. It's why we saw the Toronto head coach, the Sacramento head coach lose their ever loving minds and get fined $50,000 because it's a problem, but that's on Devin Booker. It's on Kevin Durant. It's on everybody uh, to not complain and cause it to be more because both sides are human. Uh, and yeah. I get that, but it, that's, this is a, a, a league problem and not a reason why the Suns, at least tonight, obviously no. lost the game. Yeah. Uh, in any way, they, they, they could be bad calls, but the Suns just played poorly, uh, mm. in particular in yeah. the fourth. So, you know, the they didn't have the refs there to bail them out when these turnovers uh, weren't going their way. But man, uh, it's a league wide problem, but don't exacerbate it by by complaining more like your point is. Right. And and to be clear, none of us are saying that this game was lost because of the officiating. It was just another no. wrinkle within this game that was frustrating watching it as a Suns fan. But the Suns lost this game. The officiating didn't make the Suns lose this game, just so that we're all clear here. Right. Um, but we also took L's tonight. Uh, me, Espo, Flex, and Saul all took L's in our bets. So the leaderboard is now Saul with 160 or 176. Uh, Espo with 148.50. Me with $17.50. I'm hanging in there. And Flex, you are minus 48.51. Yeah. Wah, I'm going wah. to the pawn shop. I'm going to the pawn shop. I'm going to start pawning jewelry and stuff to get back. Listen, get just make sure that you sign up with the code PHNX and our friends over at the BetMGM Sportsbook app are going to hook you up with some bonus bets. So all you have to do is sign up for the BetMGM Sportsbook app using that, that code PHNX. You place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least dollar, uh, $5. And then you'll, you're going to receive 158 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. You can check out the show notes for full details. And now you can listen to Damon talk about the disclaimer. Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope Y 467-369-NEW-YORK. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. Get stuffed on, Terrio. <laughs> uh, a, a flex. You know, yeah. there, there's a reason you shouldn't pawn the jewelry. Do you know why? Why? Tell me, please. Because, because you're going to need it when you go to the club at Gila oh. River Resorts and Casinos. Because when you do you, you got to do it in style. And unless Good. you're going to pawn off Lindsay's jewelry to make your money, <laughs> you need to keep yours so you look good. Because casino, uh, Gila River Casinos does it better than anybody else. They are the best in the Valley. Uh, it's an immersive experience, whether you're going for food, for their shows, for, for their nightlife, for, you know, the gambling. Of course, the gambling as well. They do it better than anybody else. And I just want to remind you that you do you at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Visit playathila.com for more details. Yes, yes. I'm Listen, not holding the jury now. There you go. Hang on to it. There were um, a lot of sad and ugly moments in this game, but there were a couple good things that happened. You guys want to hand out some flowers real quick? So Not we'll go ahead wilted. and start with our big, bright, shiny star. Of course, it goes to Devin Booker. He finished with 44 points, four rebounds, and three assists tonight. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I always enjoy uh, watching Devin do 
Devin things. That third quarter was kind of fun. Um, just watching what Devin was doing out there. It was, and, and look, we nobody's going to want to hear this right now on a no, two-game losing streak, but for six straight games, we've had a Phoenix Suns player score 40 points. I think they put up a graphic during the game that that's only happened three times in NBA history. One was Michael Jordan during the 80s, and one was Kobe Bryant in the early 2000s. Like, yes, it's Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, so it's not one or the other, but that's still pretty cool to watch six straight games and watch six straight 40-point performances it, it's annoying that book is still like the jokes are going to fly about him dropping another 40 piece in a loss again if you feel like that's the reason the Suns lost the game I question your motives and I question whether you actually watch this game um, but book has been great they just need to find a way to balance when he gets going still keeping other people involved as the game goes on yeah, yeah, I mean, go ahead, go ahead, Espel. I'm just going to say, look, the six straight 40-point games don't matter because Kevin Durant didn't have all six. So. He only had two of them, and those two were fun. Yeah, but yeah, not I all mean, six. I mean, listen, they're they six straight between the two of them. Devin alone is on three straight currently. And so, yeah, that's, that's special stuff. And, I mean, the, the dude got 44 tonight. He shot 65% from the field, 50% from three. Like Gerald said, if you're watching this basketball game and you come out of it saying Devin is the reason why we lost this game, I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. And be careful what you ask for. Like, because, you know, pe players like Devin and Kevin, they don't grow on trees. And so I'm never going to look at a guy that has a game like that. I will I, – I said this the other day. There are games that I've seen from, from professional basketball players, 40-point games, that weren't great games. And and I use Carmelo Anthony as the guy that I saw do a lot of that. He would score 40, and then you look, and the shooting percentages weren't good. And, you know, certain things like that, you can say, yeah, you know, he scored 40, but he took a ton of shots, and he missed a ton of shots, and there was no rhythm. But, no, I mean, this guy's shooting damn near 70% from the field. I mean, what uh, if you came away with that, yeah, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right, Gerald, though. He could – he does have the ability at times to get in that tunnel vision, but he's making shots at a high clip. Uh, so I, I, I get torn by it because should he be getting his teammates more involved? Maybe, but this is the problem of putting Devin Booker in the position of being point book where you're asking him to go out there and be the assassin. But then when he doesn't, because he's not getting, or when he does and he's not getting guys involved, well, that's on Devin too. Where if you have if you have a ball distributor, that guy's gonna get other people involved at times too. It's it's this double-edged sword. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And you know, and I'm not laying this loss at the feet of Kevin Durant, but he had seven turnovers. If those turn into four or five shot attempts, he makes three or four of them. His night and stat line look different, and maybe the Suns' night does does too as well. So there's multiple factors that come into it, but that's, that's the problem with book having to be all everything, all facilitated. I think yeah. that's only a problem from a narrative perspective though. Cause yeah. like book was really good in point guard mode for the first quarter. Like, yeah, he scored, right. I forgot what it was, eight or 11 points, whatever it was in the first, but it wasn't like, you know, Armani mode, everybody clear out the way Devin Booker's going to work. I think he had three assists in that first quarter, it was the rest of the game as he heated up 
that the tunnel vision kind of focused. There was one play where they got an offensive rebound book, had the ball on the block and Grayson Allen was open and he didn't hit him. And he was right. It was one pass away for Grayson Allen. That should have been a pass in the three, but because he was feeling it because he was in the zone, he took the shot. He missed that shot. It, it's one of those things where yes, the balance is harder to strike when you're the point guard and when you're, you know, leading the team and scoring on that given night, the Suns have to find a way to manage it better when he does get into that that heat check mode to still keep other guys involved. Because I do think that contributes to, okay, fourth quarter, now you're asking Brad and KD to run the offense when, you know, it's, it's been mostly the book show to that point. And again, this is not a, a criticism or a complaint on Booker. Mm-hmm. It's more so they've mm-hmm. got to find a way to incorporate those two identities to keep everybody involved in the offense flowing so that when he does sit, it's not like, okay, shit. Well, I guess now it's our turn. We better turn it on real quick. Right. And, and, and again, that's part of the continuity and getting used. They got to fix, still got to figure this out. You know, when KD had 43 against the bulls, Devin had 16 Hmm. and 11 shots. Right. And the narrative that night was, Oh, well, KD had 43 and book got to do better. And so it's back to Espo's point. You damn if you do, damn if you don't. If he scores under 20, it's like, you know, what is Devin doing? Why is he only taking 11 shots? He goes out and shoots damn near 70% and gets 40, 42 points. And it's like, well, he's shooting too much. So is there a way to find that common ground? Sure. And I think that's something they're still working on. The healthy balance is when they're, you know, first of all, the healthy balance is when they're able to get theirs. And then the other role players are also able to get shots. Grayson only getting three shots tonight is, is a no-go. It's a no-starter for me. That guy is too good. He's the only 50-40-90 guy in the league. He needs more than three shots. And the last time he took three shots, you know what that game was? That was the Clippers. Yeah. 27-point blowout. So mm-hmm. you want to do some math, go go look at when Grayson takes three shots, what happens to the Suns. And so this is two games in a row, three shots, blowouts. Um, he's got to be more involved. And it's Devin, Kevin, and Beal's responsibility to find that common ground and get those other guys' shots too. And I think that's where Nurk helps. Um, for everyone who's mad that we're celebrating Devin, don't worry, we're going to celebrate Kevin right now um, because KD – has become the 10th player all time to score 28,000 points. He is the fourth fastest by games played to reach that mark. Uh, you've got Wilt Chamberlain ahead of him, Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, KD, and then LeBron James is right behind him. And on top of that, he also moved into 19th all time in three-pointers made. You want to take a guess who is in 18th place on that list? No. Ooh, no, I, I, I saw it on it's Twitter. A it's a teammate. It's a teammate. Book. Yeah. No. Oh, Eric Gordon. Uh, Eric, Eric Gordon. Yeah. EG. Eric Gordon. So shout out to KD because that's um, you know that's history. That that will remain long but long past when he retires and stops playing in the NBA. And it's just further proof of his incredible career to this point and what he continues to be able to do. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's history. We're watching one of the all-time greats play for this team. I will admit I'm a little confused why there are people complaining that we're praising Book when he's the only one that played worth a shit tonight. But, um, you know, that's for another time. I, I feel like Kevin Durant, like, obviously the turnovers were bad tonight. They need to get him more shots than 12 shots. That's not enough shots. Anybody can tell you that. 
Um, but again, if you're not turning the ball over 23 times as a team, even take, you know, a fourth of those and that's six extra shots for Kevin Durant potentially. So yeah. the turnovers were the biggest thing tonight. I, I don't know why parts of the fan base continue to pit book and Durant against each other. It, it, it's 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 overblown and it's aggravating and it's gotten really old at this point already. It, it, it's, it's pretty simple. It's people who have followed KD from city to city that love Kevin Durant because he's Kevin Durant and don't want to see past the fact that their guy doesn't always have to be that guy every night. And that's it's as simple as that. And hey, I, more power to you that you're. Uh, that you love a specific guy and you're there with him, ride or die. I, I give you a, a lot of praise for that, but that doesn't mean it, it completely changes the facts of the way things, uh, the way things are. When you're part of a big three, you're going to have to sacrifice some nights. Other guys are going to have to sacrifice other nights. Not everybody can score 40. I'm sorry. Three guys aren't going to average 120 a night. It's just not going to, going to happen. All right, right. So, so put uh, drew a hey, Eric, put drew up. Uh, right there, Drew just made a comment. This is I'm I, I and Drew. If I'm if I'm wrong here, clarify on your next. Hit me up and let me know what you're talking about here. But you see this comment here. Katie scored 43 in the Bulls and the, and 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 it was a win. Flex. Nobody blaming both for 16, right? To me, this is what I'm talking about. Like you emphasize win, right? You emphasize that. KD scored 43 in a win. Book has 16. Nobody blaming Book. It were people that were blaming Book that night saying, hey, we were down. KD had to save us because Book only had 16. I remember it vividly, okay? Um, and then, again, selective amnesia because Book just had 46 in Dallas the other night in a win. But we're going to just roll over that one and worry about the last two. So it's, it's, it's exhausting. It's ridiculous. It's petty as hell. Like, if we're going to talk sons, these are teammates. These are two guys that admire each other. These are two Hall of Famers. Kevin Durant would be the first one to tell you, I came to Phoenix to play with Devin Booker. Devin Booker would be the first one to tell you, I signed off. I couldn't wait to play with Kevin Durant. I had his damn fat head on my wall. What are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Why does every night have to be a Devin Booker, Kevin Durant back and forth? Like, I'm. it's exhausting, guys. And it, Gerald said it. Uh, pretty clear. It's it's way old, like it's way old, and it, we got to stop it. We got to stop it. Uh, well, and the the winning basketball argument keeps coming up. I'm just gonna say this, and y- you all can do what you will with it. But Kevin Durant's been to one final without Steph Curry, and Devin Booker's been to one final without Steph Curry. Neither of them won. So uh, d- d- take that as it is, too. So. Yeah, I mean, I, do, I mean, yeah, go ahead, Lance. I just want everyone to know that I love Kevin and Devin both. Of yeah, course, we all can. do. We all and it's do. Okay, it's okay to love both of them and to yes. criticize them when they don't play well. Like Kevin Durant, he literally told Dwayne Rakin, like, I started the game off with a turnover. That encourages my teammates to turn the ball over. He wasn't good tonight. He had seven of their 23 turnovers as a team. That's not good. Uh, you can also say that he wasn't good and the Suns still needed to get him more shots. Because both yeah. things can be true. It doesn't have to be a black and white team. You can say, like, Devin Booker was fantastic tonight. They still needed to move the ball a little bit more when he got into Armani right. mode. Like, Correct. two things can be true at once. It's, it's going to be okay, right. I promise. And Devin, and Devin Booker had, had fought tonight. He was terrific, but those four mm-hmm. turnovers weren't. 
And so, and the missed free throws weren't. And, you yeah. know, if you go back and actually watch the basketball game, the score doesn't really tell you the whole story. That game was a close basketball game up until the five-minute mark. And then it just went completely, like, haywire. Um, yeah. And they so they had no business being in that game. They should have gotten blown out a long time ago. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all those little things compiled, and that's the problem. And I love Brad Beal. And Brad Beal's not going to shoot one for ten many times. He's also not going to be playing with a facial fracture a couple days after it happened. When, like, all this shit, man, we got to stop it. Um, if you guys are feeling any type of way, you know what will make you feel better? What? Planning lunch tomorrow at some burrows. I don't know about you, but the only thing that uh, cures the Sunday scaries is planning something fun for Monday and lunch or dinner at some burrows definitely fits that bill. Some burrows is family owned and operated and they were voted Arizona's most loved Mexican restaurant. So head on over and check out some burrows or let them cater your next meal big or small order online or find one near you by visiting someburrows.com. And you know what? Uh, I want to, I really do want to bring everybody in and welcome you into my inner circle, whether you're KD fans, whether you're Booker fans, whether you're not Luca fans, I'll take that back. I was going to go there, but you can stay the hell away. We draw the line. If you're Luca fans, even if he comes here someday, you can stay, stay away. But I want to welcome everybody into my inner circle, just like our friends over at Circle K like to welcome you into their inner circle. It is a free membership new through their app. I love it. Super easy to sign up for. And when you do, you're going to get 25 cents off your first five Phillips and three cents off after that, or five, if you like me, uh, which is really easy to be like me. You just go fill up every time at Circle K uh, and you eventually get there. You're also going to get your sixth free on a selection of Circle K products like pizza, coffee, fountain drinks, uh, the whole shebang you're going to be able to save some money on. So join Inner Circle for free today by downloading that Circle K app. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit circlek.com for details. All right, guys, let's take a look at some super chats from tonight's show. Don sent us one. Thank you, Don. They said easily Beal and Katie's worst game as a son yet. Well, Katie had a good game. Uh, like he was seven to twelve. The turnovers were rough, but as we said, all three of the the big three had bad turnovers. Bradley Beal, yeah. I think you could argue you probably shouldn't have played with the with the mask not being what it needed to be and everything. And you know he made the first three shots and then disappeared from there. But I'm not. It, it, I, 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 it's hard to. Put it on a guy who has a broken face. Like, yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. He went out there with a broken face and didn't play well. I'm not going to say I'm surprised, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Vince sent us one. They didn't add a comment, though, but thank you, Vince, for your super chat. If you want to drop your comment, uh, we'll look for it. You don't have to send another super chat. Don sent us another one. Thanks, Don. They said, Sons are small, unathletic, lazy, and don't learn. Worst possible combination. I need Nick Richards on this team more than I need Aaron in my lungs. If you think well, Nick Richards is going to fix all that, yeah, if you think Nick Richards is going to fix all that you just said, good luck. <laughs> I, and I and I know, like, I've, I've known about Nick for a while. He's from my area, went to my high school. I love Nick. Right? That's a lot you asking for. If you'd have said Shaq, maybe. 
Uh, Jacob sent us one and they said, tired of the blind optimism. We can't pass, rebound, or play defense. Also, don't run anything resembling a coherent offense. Also, we lost the Beal trade. Okay, yeah. To sell the team. Let's let's sell the team. Let's just sell the team. It's over. Oh, Christ, man. Come on. I can I can get behind the passing, the defense. This team has not been a horrible rebounding team. And they they weren't horrible tonight. They lost they lost the rebounding in the second half. I think they had four more in the first and they wound up losing the second half battle, but uh, the rebounding no. And how do you lose a trade when all you gave up was Chris Paul and uh, you know and Landry Shamet and some pick swap like it, you I I think you can't say you lost that deal at at worst I think you have a push at any point with that so when we won a seven game win streak that wasn't the narrative but yeah. you look at Jake two in a row is like go ahead G go ahead Jacob I love you but middle of the pack in assists and assist percentage they're a better statistical rebounding team than that. Like defensively, yeah, there's concerns. They're still middle of the pack in that category as well. And again, that's with most of their season coming without two or one of their big three, which you need on a top ten heavy team. And I'm sorry, like maybe maybe they don't win a title. Maybe the Bradley Beal contract looks bad in a couple of years, but you still make that trade ten times out of ten when all you're giving up is an aging point guard, Landry Shamit, and some conditional picks. Like that's a no brainer. I. No, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Jacob, but no. Tony sent us one. Thank you, Tony. They said, had to keep an eye on dad because I thought he was going to have a heart attack, but we just need to flush this one and get ready for the heat. I agree, Tony. Cool. There's some things they can learn from it and take from it, but got to move on. Can't linger too long because we do have a game tomorrow. Uh, Jacob sent us one. Sorry, go ahead, Espo. Saying, call the plumber. <laughs> Jacob said, there isn't a move at the deadline that saves this team. Okay. <laughs> no, there's not because we've we've been saying that all you're gonna do is tinker on the edges, and that's fine because what you have on this team should be enough to win. They still are in the process of figuring that out. It's just it's gonna take longer than half a season when you, for half of that half season you haven't had your guys. Yeah, right. The fix comes internally. They've got yep. They've got to figure out how to how to limit this stuff. How to get in a mental place not to make these kind of lazy turnovers. That's that's how. You fix it. You can add, like you said, around the edges, but you got to fix it by cleaning that stuff. Who's the Suns' leading rebounder this year, guys? Uh, Nurkic. Mm, okay. Yeah. I mean, he didn't play tonight, right? He didn't play second half of last game. Sometimes it's just like it's mind blowing, man. Like, yeah, Nurkic fixes a lot of that. We out. We're one of the best. We're one of the better rebounding teams in the league. We we're we're doing a fine job to uh, rebounding the ball this year. Uh, Nurk not being there is why you get out rebounded to the extent that you did. Maybe you don't win it outright, but it's not as glaring if Nurk plays this game and finishes the pace again. John sent us one. Thank you, John. They said small and unathletic and lazy. Get rounded down low. I mean, we are small, that's for sure. Yeah. Perrin Kitties said, I want to see, all caps, team ball. Lazy ass sons. <laughs> Go ahead. Get them in, one guys. Of, get them in. Get them in, dogs. Of, get them in. Those get them in. Yeah. Tim from Phoenix. Thank you, Tim. They said, Grace and Allen didn't miss a shot, but only shot three times. 
Eric Gordon shot five times and missed once. Why do they get seemingly left out of the offense? I, I listen. Sometimes there are some games where the game flow just doesn't find you. Um, that Clipper game was one of them. Grayson just couldn't get into a rhythm, and the ball didn't find him. I said a long time ago I like Grayson and Gordon to be in that twenty shot mode combined, and that's that's nowhere near enough. Eight between the two of them. That's just not. I don't think that's good basketball, and I don't think you're utilizing these guys um, to the extent you can utilize them when they're taking those little bit of shots. But um, I, I think today was just one of those games that the ball just didn't find Grayson for whatever reason. Um, that's not the norm. Icon said, it's easy to beat the Suns. Just stay close, come to the fourth quarter, and then come the fourth quarter, just double the ball handler. Okay, yeah, it should be a coach. <laughs> not me. John, go ahead. Do you want not, to finish? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, if that's the theory, right? And that's what it is. You just, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I love man. you, brother. You're like Mr. Positivity for the first three seconds. We get to the super chance. You're like, nah, dog. No, you a bit pitchy. Yeah. I, ain't, I ain't dealing with that. Uh, John yeah. Lewis said, uh, trap and throw it down low and the Suns lose. <laughs> As far, I don't know what else to say, dog. Uh, <laughs> Trevor, one. Trevor sent us one and said, we can't afford to fall back in the standings. I agree there. I mean, taking L's does suck. Uh, Libertarian Sasquatch, Sasquatch sent us one and said, Seems like when Book or KD starts to cook, the rest of the team gets complacent. And once Book goes cold, everyone is now cold. Um, I, I mean, I can kind of get what you're saying yeah, because a lot yeah. of times you try and get to the hot hand a little bit more and you defer. Yeah. And then you find yourself maybe out of a rhythm or haven't ever gotten into a rhythm within the game because you're feeding the hot hand, so... I get is that, that perspective. Though? Is that coaching? Is that, you know, again, is it is it not having plays that you run? Is it going away from things? Is it is it simply because these guys go iso ball and then I I don't know. To me, to me I would think back to the Grayson and and Eric Gordon thing too that you have plays that when you feel like you needed to get those guys involved that you go to to try to find them an open shot, right? And keep them involved. So I don't know. I don't know where the blame lies on that. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's a rhythm thing. And like the Dallas game, it felt like Book uh, worked his way into that 40 a little different than tonight. Tonight he kind of just like was like, give me the ball. I'm going to go. I'm going to get it. And there was a lot of standing around, and and you'd like that to improve. So I, I'm not mad at what he said. I this this some this some uh, legitimate reasoning behind that. And we've we've seen it with KD earlier in the season too. There was a lot of games early in the season where KD would be cooking, especially in fourth quarters, and guys would just kind of sit back and watch. And I and again, that's not a Booker or KD thing. That's not a coaching thing. It's it's kind of all of the above. There just needs to be a better flow. And I think the more time they spend on the court together, hopefully they'll start working towards that. I kind of wonder if teams are forcing them into this a little bit too, where it's like, all right, we're going to let Booker get his and 
trying to take away everything. I mean, we talked about it with Luca that that should be your game plan. You know, let him get his and lock down on everybody else, and you can you can potentially get a win here. So, I mean, is is some of it that is it is that possible with this? You know, I don't. I don't think so. I feel like the Pacers are a unique team. Like last game, they're a team that doesn't like to double. They like to guard straight up. Um, and that's why they're one of the worst defenses in the NBA because they don't have the yeah. personnel for it. But like even they were trying to double Booker down the stretch last night to get the ball out of his hands because he was burning them. We saw the same thing late in the third quarter, fourth quarter from the Magic. They were doubling Book to try and get the ball out of his hands. They just they need to be better at operating out of those double teams um you know book it it feels like sometimes it takes one or two possessions for him to figure out how they're doubling him and then at that point he's good at getting off of the ball um but the suns need to be better at attacking those advantages when they have those four on three situations too and tonight it it didn't feel like they either hit the shots or generated the right shots out of those looks uh kev sent us one thank you kev they said cheeks iso ball equals l's and unselfish (laughs) basketball equals w's yeah i am very thankful that we have all collectively agreed to adopt the phrase of cheeks in uh as a way to describe what we all think is just shitty you know what i I love though we love it when somebody's new in here and they hear they us say, no like, what the hell did they just say? <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite joke for us. Thank you all for providing that and like joining in on it. Uh, Adrian sent us one. They said, I have a question. What happens when teams can guard all of the big three at once? Horrible loss, man. We got to be better tomorrow. You, you, they can guard you. They can guard all of your big three when those big three are not all, you know, doing stuff. Like, it's, like if it's one guy, you can guard one guy. You can't guard the big three when the ball's moving and when Nurk and Grayson are out there too. And that's that's one thing. Again, they miss Nurk tonight in that regard to keep the ball moving a little bit. But again, there's got to be a better balance there. Yeah. Uh, Don Davies said, I don't want to be that guy, but Katie shouldn't be getting in flame wars 30 minutes before a game. He can't be looking past opponents like that. Uh, he's talking about feuding with um, people on Twitter before the game. Uh, we'll get into that ahead of the Nets game that he was yeah. on Twitter. Like, I want to say an hour before. No, it was it was about 30 minutes. You're right. 20 minutes before the game, actually, I think. Don, he's he's locked in all the time though. So like yeah. don't don't bring up this stuff. Um, I think we missed one from Mike Kafka, and I don't know where oh wait, there it is. It says we need a guy like Chris Paul. You I mean like five year younger yeah. Chris Paul? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh Kitties said we don't play hard every game, pure lazy puke face emoji. I mean, listen, there are times where I agree. I don't think that we play up to our full um, potential as far as effort goes every single game. I don't know that any team does in the NBA, all 82 games. Um, But it does frustrate me at times, especially when when we point out things like, okay, when you're going back to the fourth quarter, right? And I don't know if it was Flex or Espo or Gerald, one of you said something along the lines of like, you know, in fourth quarters, that's when teams really clamp down and throw their most at you. They play their hardest. Well, 
if that's how the game works, then why aren't we also doing the same thing? Yeah. And sometimes that does frustrate the hell out of me. Yeah. You, you know, I will say this. And and again, flame me if you want, chat. I I will I will say personally, if Nurk doesn't leave that Indiana game, I actually think we win that game. And I think if Nurk plays tonight, there's a good chance we win tonight too. And so this is why I'm not overreacting. And I never overreacted to anything in a regular season. I just don't because there's variables that come into play. Did uh, you know? I, I got no problem saying that if Nurk played the whole Pacer game and played tonight, the Suns probably be on a nine-game win streak. But he didn't. And uh, and they took two losses, but they just came off of seven. They're one of the hottest teams in basketball before these, this little hiccup. So, man, it's hard. This is why it's an 82-game season. And for everybody tripping, go back and look at what the Miami Heat were looking like at the end of the year last year. Like, it's a long season, man. You just got to let this stuff work itself out. All right. The Haunted Kiwi sent us one, and they said, not a real contender, no chance. Mid three equals play-in. Okay. Miami was a play-in last year. They made the finals. Uh, Tony, I, I'm just I'm just bugging, guys. Like, this it's, it's is getting crazy. It's okay. You let them let it. It's a, it is okay for people to feel emotional about losing games. When you're a fan, that's literally, Espo, don't you say this all the time? Like, fan is short for, for fanatic. Like, there yep. are going to be times where your team pisses you off to the point where you get a little bit emotional about things and you say things. And then the next, ga- the next day or game, when they win, you feel completely different. It's like, let it all out. It's fine. Then get it off I, your chest. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't. Go ahead. I, just be nice about it, I suppose. Maybe that disclaimer, at least. Yeah, I mean, feel however you want to feel, cheer however you want to cheer, but like, it's probably not healthy to live your life that way. <laughs> just no. saying, like, yeah. if you're saying Terrible. shit, if you're, no, 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 fanatic is not a good term. It's not an okay term to be a fanatic. Like, be a fan. Don't be a fanatic because then you say shit you don't mean. And then you wake up the next day and you're like, well, I probably shouldn't have said that. I don't actually feel that way. I mean, to be yeah, fair, I feel like Gerald. we've been guilty of that a little bit. Maybe not you, Gerald. Because you have the big J journalism uh, in your soul, but mm. I've been guilty of that before. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess I can't blame yeah. them since I'm literally a culprit of the same thing. <laughs> Gerald, I went to the Dom Toretto School of Life, and I live it one quarter mile at a time. All right. <laughs> <laughs> My blood pressure is one ten over seventy because I just don't let this shit. Drive me crazy like that. That's a lie. Yes, you do. Uh, Tony sent us <laughs> chat, and Tony said we need to go back to Putting World and get that karma back. LOL. Oh yes. Facts. Alcohol back. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. The Haunted Kiwi sent us one. Thank you. They said five hundred basketball teams are a dime a dozen. Uh, my Kafka sent us. We're not five hundred. We were just eight games above five hundred. But okay, we're five hundred now. My caucus said Grayson Allen field goal three of three, three point one of one, one for one, uh, never went to him in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's true. I mean, listen, you're not the only, yeah, yeah. And he sent another one. They said two players hotter than Booker tonight Grayson Allen at 100% shooting and Eric Gordon at 85% shooting. They should have gotten more touches and more shots. They probably <laughs> they should been. have. 
they should have. We also saw Eric Gordon start something like four for five last game, and then in the fourth quarter, dude couldn't hit anything. So there, there's it's there's a concern a, around Eric Gordon for sure. Not a guarantee he's going to continue shooting at an eighty percent clip. Right, right. Yeah. Um, Mamadi Dia said, "I don't know basketball, but I blame book." That's fair. You know. Well, who. let's focus on the we'll we'll focus on the first part of that super chat. <laughs> They go hand in hand if you're blaming book. I'm sorry. Yeah. Aya um, sent us one. At, they sent us two, actually. They said, wasted clock, played ISO, the rest just watched. And then they sent another one and said, flex, on the bright side, there is now a 0% zero percent chance of losing the next game, whoever it's against. Team chemistry has increased because of this bad loss. I hope so. I mean, you would think that this loss is going to make them go to Miami tomorrow and lock in and, and do what they got to do. But I, again, I'll stress, I'm hoping Nurkic is back tomorrow because mm-hmm. he's a big part of this basketball team, whether whether people want to admit it or not. I think people take him for granted. And the box score doesn't always tell you how good of a basketball player Nurkic is, IQ, and he he's a glue guy. Gerald said it before the game. He's one of those connectors, and he's a glue guy. That means a hell of a lot more to this basketball team than people give him credit for. Um, so I hope Nurk is back. If Nurk is back tomorrow, I feel good. If he's not back tomorrow, hey, we'll see. Well, here's a Please. stat to make you feel good. They have not lost a game after they lost the previous game by double digits this okay. season. So so there is something for you to feel a little bit better. Uh, okay. So you're this. saying they take this personal. Uh, Just like we do. Yes. They, they they flex it, all right? They take it personal. Uh, Beast Mode sent us one, and they said KD has the most touches per game the last three games for all the KD fans blaming Book. Okay. I don't want to go down that route. Yeah, no, yeah. okay. um, Tim from Phoenix. Thank you, Tim. They said, I got to say, Lindsay, Espo, and Flex. Hat game is on point. Thanks, oh. Tim. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Uh, Leo sent us one, and they said, these things take time. They sure do, baby. Things these take things time. take time. Johnny Hopefully Boy like sent us ball. one, and they said, do you think Chris Paul's 30 mil is better for Book than Beal's 60 mil if CP3 can get Booker to his spots in the fourth instead of ISOs and pick and rolls? Doesn't matter. Because this is where you are right now. And I can't turn back the clock, you know, five months, six months, seven months, uh, you know. Yeah. So apparently the chat blames me, though, at least a, a, a portion of it, for what I said after the uh, after the Mavericks game. So I'm going to say it in reverse so we can break the curse, all right? NBA, NBA the in team best. The our sons, Phoenix the. There you go. I reversed it. We're good now, all right? That's talent, brother. That's talent. Are I had to write it now? out to do it. I mean, I, I don't blame you. Say, that would have been hard to say. I was going to say, how long did it take you to chart that out <laughs> in the I middle of the show? I read it. <laughs> okay, there you go. Smart. All right, guys. Any final thoughts before uh, we get out of here? No, no, we got it all off our chest as well. I hope so. Come out tomorrow, bet your bottom oh dollar that tomorrow there'll be suns in Miami. Yeah. Sky's there not will. falling. Sky's not falling. These guys would be fine. 
Um, there's one thing that I want to uh, mention from the chat. Eli said, I want to see Gerald in a beanie, LOL. Gerald, Ooh. can we make this happen one day? I have a beanie. I'm just, I Go just don't have on, a head. I don't have a head for hats. I, I look okay. strange in hats. It's a Even weird thing. Even beanies, though? Because I can't Even pull beanies, off hats either. I can't pull off beanies. It just... I look like a, I don't know, like a 12 year old child on a, on a snowy hill. Like I, I don't, <laughs> it's not a good look for me, but I can wear a beanie for a show just for shits and gigs. Hey G, you know what, uh, you know what, it, you, you ever see the Kango hats? The LL mm -hmm. Cool J yeah. Kango hats? You can't rock yep. a Kango? No? No. <laughs> that might be I can't a little even, too dude, extra for Gerald. I can't even rock like a regular baseball hat. Like really? it just, okay. yeah, my head's just weird. I don't know. <laughs> Let's do. Can we? We do love you the way you show? are, G. We love you the way you are, G. Can we do a whole beanie show where you all wear a beanie with me? Yeah, I'm down. Do hands are on. Yeah. I'm down. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah as long as it's hands on. Yeah. You guys will be fine. I do it all the time. All right, beanies tomorrow. We got it. No, not tomorrow because oh, I won't not, be here tomorrow. Uh, okay. The okay. boys oh, got you all no. covered tomorrow. Uh, maybe later oh, no. this week. We'll plan it, Gerald. We'll plan okay. it. We'll plan. I got to get my. We should do it without her. We should all wear beanies without her. Oh, gee, gee, you on to something here, brother? You want to never forgive you guys? Chelsea would come all out. I would never forgive you for that. You'd be so upset. I would. All right, guys. Thank you all for joining us. We hope that Suns basketball and the enjoyment that you get from it is better tomorrow. And uh, that you'll join us tomorrow as well. We've got a pregame show 30 minutes before tip-off and a post-game show, of course, after it wraps up. And fingers crossed, we should be back in our studio so everything will look and feel a lot more fun and exciting. Um, and until then, be sure to hit that thumbs up button on your way out if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe if you are listening wherever you get your podcast. And give the show a follow on social at phnx underscore suns. You can also follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Flex at Flex from Jersey. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Can we please pour one out for Devin Booker? Not just not because of the last two games, but did you see what his Detroit Lions just did? Oh, hoy. <laughs>